Today's episode of Found Down is brought to you by Unwound Retreats. Unwound Retreats offers fun events and travel experiences for nurses locally and internationally. Founded by me, Nicole Johnson, ICU nurse and host of the Found Down podcast, I provide opportunities for nurses to practice self-care, learn, and travel together. These last two years have been brutal in healthcare, and why not give yourself the gift to unwind, learn, and grow? Previous guests have loved the experiences, especially because you can just show up and know that everything will be taken care of. Unwound Retreats is offering exciting and luxurious retreats in Morocco and Mexico. Go over to unwoundretreats.com and sign up to get on the email list so you can find out more. Welcome to the Found Down Podcast. This is a podcast of untold nursing stories that are sometimes hilarious, dark, insane, and anything in between. As a warning, this show is rated E and is mature in content. It often deals with the reality of life and death and how we as nurses intersect with that on a regular basis. If we laugh, it's not out of disrespect. We love what we do and have every intention of continuing to do so. With that, enjoy the show. Well, hello and welcome to the oh no podcast, the Found Down podcast. But I'm not being, I'm not the interviewer. Hello and welcome to the Found Down podcast with your host Desiree Wood and my special guest Nicole Johnson. How are you doing today, Nicole? I really actually want to hear truly how you're doing. How's your heart feeling right now? This has been a crazy time. Can you tell me? Yeah. So first of all, I'm so excited to do this. Um, I love it. I love being in this position. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm actually for whatever is happening in the world right now, I'm actually in a really good space. I don't know. I slept really well last night. I went for a really powerful run this morning. So like energetically I'm feeling good. I know that it's really heavy right now. Um, but from a mental health space, I feel like today's a good day. Awesome. I'm going to have it. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Um, how are you? Well, I love getting to talk to you. So my day is already great. And I just got this idea because I think the last time we did this, it's been almost a year and you have gained some amazing new followers And I thought it would be an awesome time just to like reintroduce you, kind of talk about the way Found Down has evolved and just sort of do like a QA and a if you're cool with that. (laughs) Totally cool. Totally cool. Um, Great. Well, before we get started, um, you know, you now have some amazing followers. Is there anything that you would like to tell them about yourself that maybe hasn't you haven't been able to see before because you're always interviewing these awesome, amazing people, but you yourself are also an amazing, awesome person. So what would you like to maybe talk about yourself for your new viewers? You know, I probably haven't talked about this in a while. Um, but I do believe in the process of this idea that we can evolve, we can change, we can, pursue new things. And, um, I think that if there's something in you that you want to do, if there's something that keeps popping up in your mind, pay attention to that. Look at that. You deserve to look at that. And like, you know, 
maybe you want to stay in the same job. Maybe you want to be at the same place until you retire. But maybe, you know, maybe not. Maybe you want to change it up. And I know change is scary, but it's it's exciting, you mm. know? Um, and, oh, I don't think they know. Like, I did. A, I, I've had, like, two life coaches. And, and when I, the first time I was like, oh, my God, get over yourself. You know, like I was like, I'm going to a life coach. Like what the fuck? Very, (laughs) very midlife crisis, you know? Um, but it helped me open doors, open my own doors in my mind of like, you know, you can do stuff and guess what? If you do new things and you don't succeed, like you're not going to die. You know what I mean? Like sure. Your ego might struggle. I mean, I'm like trying to think of some of the things. I mean, I had a previous podcast that was really fun, but I didn't have a following, you know? So it was, but I, it was really fun for me and I learned a lot, you know? Um, but it, it's been really fun for me to be in this creative space and like challenging, challenging myself. And, um, and you know, I, I cry a lot on the show and, <laughs> and I, I think I was talking about, I don't mean to cry on the show every time I promise, but, um, I was talking to Spencer Oliver a couple weeks ago, how I was in this really sp- crazy place of like self-doubt mm-hmm. um, because I was trying all this new stuff. And I was like, per- like personally, um, I started to do some per diem work for somebody else. And like, I was, I've just been in this, like, can I do this stuff? Like, am I good enough? And I feel like, okay, I'm on the other side of that. You know, I didn't die. I moved through it. And, um, and you can too. I don't know if that's helpful for people out there, but I, I love the good self-development kind of talk, you know? Yeah. I mean, would you say that sort of the foundation of found down is giving a voice to all these other things we can do as nurses? Is that one avenue that you, like, I know you don't have a mission statement per se, but when you think about found down, yeah. And it's mission, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I do think that that is one fun part about it is like, okay, healthcare providers out there, like, look at all the cool things that you can do. I do think that's great. Um, and you know, I, it wasn't necessarily what I set out to do, but I, you know, it's been really fun to talk to people in all different arenas. Um, and so I hope that people can, again, like you're getting kind of getting at is like get inspired by like, okay, so you're not happy where you are. Maybe you can go to a different specialty. Maybe you can work for yourself, you know, or choose a different career path. Like, I mean, your nurse lawyer, Ernie Williams, you know, she was a bedside nurse and then she became an attorney and then she like morphed those things into a successful business for herself. So does that answer the question? Yeah. I think, I think your listeners like knowing where you're at right now and um, what would you say is sort of, what do you foresee in the next year with the podcast and yourself and your business? You have a, a business too. be interesting for you to tell us about that. Oh Yeah. Well, for the future found down, I think sometimes I struggle with like trying to get the next guest or like what's a good topic or, um, but then I have these moments of like, oh, I should reach out to that person. And, 
reach it to this person. And, and, it, um, but anyway, I want to continue to have interesting guests on and, um, have good conversations. Like actually one of the ideas that I have right now does, and I might ask you for help is that you've mentioned this many times to me off air, um, how the residents are really struggling and having a hard time. And we talk all the time about what nurses are going through. Um, and we don't ever talk about what residents are going through. And like the residents just, um, had a, participated in a strike at our hospital and I had no idea. <laughs> Here you are working with these people. Side I know. By side. I know. I know. So it's like, let's, let's, um, I, and I do think that again, this was unintentional, but like this builds a community, you know, yes. um, we can kind of come together. You know, I've had better relationships with nurse practitioners not that I never had, I've always had great relationships, but I feel like those relationships have grown stronger and my relationships with physicians have grown stronger. And, um, my understanding also of the healthcare system has been expanded through this podcast, you know, like understanding the, what happens pre-hospital versus in hospital, you know? So yeah. Um, as far as myself and the business, you know, some I do this thing where I play myself small and I, you know, I, I don't, I'm trying to not live in that space. Right. Um, I think a lot of times, and I, I think as nurses too, um, we're the ones that are always trying to do the things for everybody else. Um, and hu- humble and like, you know, just giving, 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 and, and, um, Anyway, I am trying to just recognize, especially as women too, I think that we also play ourselves small. So I'm trying to not play myself so small. And I have an amazing business called Unwound Retreats and we're doing the coolest shit this year. (laughs) I'm so excited, like legitimately. And a few of these things involve Des, which I'm so excited about, um, we, I have two international trips for nurses. One is in Morocco and that is, um, September 24th through the 1st of October. That's, that takes place in like Marrakesh and the desert and on the coast. And that's this like cultural, spiritual, and educational retreat for nurses. And we did it last year and the folks that went had an amazing time. And I'm just like, we are doing it again. I'm so excited. And then we're going to do a nurse's yoga retreat uh, in November in Sagulita, Mexico. And that is, let me look, it's um, November 7th through November 11th. And that is with Des. And basically we'll have like um, a daily meditation and yoga program with some surfing. We'll have a private chef. We're staying at this like amazing brand new luxury, um, I'll call it mini boutique hotel. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's booking up. So like, if you want to find out more about these awesome opportunities, you should go out to unwindretreats.com and like, look for the, um, trips coming up. It's going to be a a fabulous time. I think this platform of cultural, spiritual, holistic travel, Mm -hmm. it is such a neat thing. And, and to, make it surrounding, like you said, a community of nurses. Why, why are you, what called you to do that? I'm just so curious. Well, 
I I have this. So I have this. Um, I'll call it a bias. <laughs> like I feel like we always get talked about, like lectured to about, or we have you know continuing ed stuff about how what is self care and like how we need to practice it and you know. And I know I do some of that myself, um, but like the speaking or whatever, but, but I feel like we just need to do it. Like I, maybe we don't need to be talked to about like why we need to do it. You know, like we, I just feel like, wouldn't it be awesome if we just practiced self-care together and, um, and did it in like amazing locations. And I think travel is very transformational. Like you can kind of get out of your head and have this like really good check-in of like, what's going on with me? Like, am I okay? And what do I need? And this, do this opportunity. It's an opportunity to do like a, an evaluation of yourself. Um, I, yeah. I agree. I think to travel for me kind of picks up that habitual mind. <gasps> like you, you have to get uncomfortable, right? Like not, not in a bad way, but like you have to, you, it's challenging. And especially with COVID, like traveling is not the same it was. Um, but there is that like unknown of getting out of your own kind of habitual habit. And I think there's profound growth in just doing that. Yeah. What is it? I, there's this like, um, I don't know. Oh gosh. I wish I could find the reference. Um, but the way that you're like time slows down when you travel, right? Like when you're doing your regular stuff, when you're in your routine, like time, time speeds up. But then when you're traveling, like, you know, you could be gone for a week and it could be like the, such a, you're like lost in time, like, you know, cause you're pr- present and you're there for all the adventure and all the experiences, but like, it can be like Monday through Friday and you're like Friday rolls around and Where'd the week go? You know, <laughs> where'd it go? No idea. Yeah. And, like kind of cross this chasm. Yeah. And, and personally for me, I love travel. I love to travel. I love to travel to crazy places. I love that experience of being uncomfortable, like not knowing the language and being unfamiliar with the culture. I mean, I always do like pre-trip stuff, you know, to try to get, you know, like queued up on you know, what I need to know, but like, there is that like, um, you know, like going to Bangkok to me was like the most amazing experience. Cause it's just so, so different from, from here. Um, and just so lively and people are awesome. And anyway, I just, I love to be in that sort of frenetic <clears throat> kind of environment, you know? Yes. It's and just- it does, it just ignites something in you. And I think, what you were mentioning about self-care and burnout and, you know, many of your listeners don't know, like, how long have you been in nursing? Oh, um, almost 14 years. So, I mean, I always think about, you know, the challenges of being a new nurse. Mm -hmm. And then now there's this kind of challenge of being a midlife nurse. (laughs) But in that sense of having now this veteran career, um, what would you say to people who are listening to this podcast who maybe are new in this career now that you are this veteran? Well, the job is hard. So just acknowledge that. Um, Give yourself a pat on the back for showing up. Like it's, um, you know, I love, I love being a nurse. I, I 
there are times that it's challenging for sure, but there are times that it gives in ways that you could never imagine it giving to you, like just these beautiful moments and opportunities. And we meet people at their most vulnerable times and, um, we can offer them humanity and, um, and then anyway, sometimes it, the job is like so demanding and, and you're running around and you feel like the chicken with your head got off. Um, but then these moments will like grab you and ground you and like, okay, you know, remind you like why you got into the practice. Um, for the new nurses, yeah, this job is hard. I think it takes a year to kind of get your feet under you and depending on where you are, maybe two. Um, but it gets better the more that you learn and grow, the more comfortable you are with what you're doing and, um, and you can feel more confident and, um, and there's then more and more opportunities present themselves. Um, so I guess I would say that (laughs) this time, you know, I can't imagine what it's been like to become a new nurse during the pandemic. Um, because it's just been incredibly stressful, uh, for everybody. And then to try to learn a new demanding job, um, you know, just, just be gentle to yourself, you know, but the profession can give in a way that is, um, I don't know. It's just so can be so meaningful. I always like to think of nursing as giving, you a unique set of skills that uh, you you can take in any form, right? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It it really trains you to do a lot of things, and um, like you said, it, <laughs> I think in life, it's life is hard, right? Nursing is hard. It is a job of service, um, and. Uh, like, but it is unique. There is this skill set that you get being a nurse that no other career really has. Mm-hmm. So I think that's great advice. And I do think too, as you were mentioning, maybe now that we are the veteran nurses, this opportunity in a way of, if you think about it, I was watching um, nurse Blake and he is doing, I think you actually sent me his, um, his petition for safe staffing Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a little bit of a revolution happening right now in nursing. And I think you had these folks come on to your show recently. Mm-hmm. Talk about this. Who was that again? It was, um, so nurse Erica and nurse Nander. Um, I actually talked to them in the summer, um, about three legis bills. Um, There's bills. Bills. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So sorry. Safe staffing. Um, there's like a safe patient ratio, um, one, and then there's like a pro union one. And then I think there's like a, um, workplace violence one. Um, but I had them, I re-aired it because everyone is, it feels like there's a lot of momentum building in nursing, like you said. Um, and there's a lot of ways that we can change the conversation. Like, like, and I had this woman, Joni Guy on a I don't know, a couple months ago. And she's like, if you only knew that you actually owned the workplace nursing, if you only knew, like you own the workplace, like think about it. I mean, we have a lot more power than I think we think we do. And 
you know, like that, that petition, um, that nurse Blake did, I mean, it's, it's, he did it with this group called impact and, um, essentially it's petitioning the joint commission to try to make safe staffing one of their measurements for, um, regulatory measures. Right. And it makes a lot of sense, right? Cause the more ner- patients a nurse has and your mortality goes up as a patient, and there's a lot of lit- there's literature out there saying so. So he's trying essentially we're trying to make them responsible f- to put safe staffing into their measures because it impacts patients and outcomes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he just he wrote um, a quote that for every additional patient to nurse cares for a patient's risk of dying increases by seven percent. Yeah. And no, no patients know that. (laughs) But, you know, it's really interesting, like what you're talking about. And I feel like this is sort of what found down to me gives is like an unveiling. We've talked about that. Like you're pulling the sheet off of what this career is. Mm -hmm. And in COVID, this has happened Mm -hmm. too, because for the first time, society has had to look at what it actually means to be a sick and dying person in the hospital. Like it's happening, but for the COVID, you know, attention, we've actually been able to address this. And then from that, like you said, nurses now have a ownership and uh, almost a revolution. Sorry, I'm like taking over your podcast right now. Do it. Take it over. I'm gonna, you but, can go back to interview. And me also with that, this power of travel nursing, which is changing, changing monetarily what we were viewed at before in, in the hospital administration cash flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I was thinking about it yesterday. Um, you know, there are more and more nurses that I'm working with that are traveling locally, right? Who, you know, maybe they were at the VM and now they're where I am. Or maybe they were at the Swedish and, you know, now they, whatever. I mean, they're still making $5,000 a week. At minimum, like right now, travel nurse contracts are five to $9,000 a week. And never, never, this is nurses are making more than physicians. And this puts the hierarchy of what, you know, I'm talking about the hierarchy in academic medicine. It's flipping it on its butt because you cannot train a doctor to do an ICU bedside job. Can't do it. It's not, there isn't an equivocal thing, right? I mean, yes, you could sort, they were doing some of these models in New York when COVID was really bad, like showing the residents how to do vent suctioning and, you know, kind of some basic care turning, but Mm -hmm. to titrate drips, to do like hemodynamics, um, you just can't. And so we now this like impact of travel nursing, forcing hospitals Mm -hmm. to say, Hey, we are worthy it's, it's mm-hmm. really interesting. And I know there now in Congress, there's a lot of action to stop that specifically, mm-hmm. right. like you were saying, travel nurses who aren't really traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, but that yeah. might be another podcast for you to talk. I know about. I do actually want, want to talk about that. Cause there's, yeah. Yeah. There's that bill that they're trying to cap what nurse travel nurses can make. Okay. I want to get back to you though, Nicole, I want to get Uh-oh. back to you. And for your listeners, I want to know, you've done, how many podcasts have you done now? Uh, Episodes of this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. 76. 
Holy cow. And I know you don't want to be partial, but you're going to, cause I'm making you, <laughs> is there any that really like stick out to you that maybe you would listen to over and over again? Um, there have been, there've been many, um, gosh, what, what, you know what one, um, I mean, they've all been really fun to do. Um, and some of them have been with my friends and some of them have been really like tough. Um, gosh, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Okay. Okay, fine, 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 fine. I'll come up with a couple. Okay. Okay. I feel like that conversation with Mark Tonelli was really important to me personally. Oh God. I'm like, could feel myself like, Oh no, no, I'm not going to cry. No, no, no. But I feel like that, like Mark is such a amazing physician and I feel so blessed to be able to work with him, but I feel he offers, he offers like this awesome insight that you, that like, you don't get to have these conversations with him necessarily. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't normally get to sit, sit and talk with him for an hour, but like he, he was able, he, I, he did this episode about ethical dilemmas and, um, he's, you know, um, critical care physician and, um, he's a professor and he, Gosh, he has a lot of titles, but he yeah, he's like also, the head of the pulmonary department. Yes, exactly. Thank you. And he's an ethicist, or mm-hmm. he's part of the ethics part department, and so he gets consult consulted on um, when ethics consults are requested, and so he kind of walks through like what that process was. Yeah, I I love that you mentioned Mark and Dr. Tonelli because you know I I've been away from UW for about seven years, but I will never forget in rounds. When he would say, Des, we're talking about rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that seems like in your podcast, you know what? If we laugh, it's not out of disrespect. This is not out of disrespect. No. But you guys know when you're hearing the resident, and God bless them, and they're trying to figure out this patient's in floored multi-organ failure, they're going to die. And he would just straight out say like, what are you doing? It doesn't matter if you add a fifth presser. Okay. Right. Right. Like, let's think about this globally for a minute. Yeah. If you're in like three presser shock. Okay, and you're how- adding a fourth. There isn't a fourth. No, anyway, there isn't. I, we were, I remember about that with Mark because he, and he didn't see it like, it wasn't a burnout statement or a, it was just like, Hey, let's be real here. People, this patient's dying. What, what, you know? And like you said, there is a way to maneuver that conversation. And I think he does it really eloquently and, and also balances all of the needs of the healthcare providers, the residents, the nurses and the families. Like he does all of that in like one swift swoop. Yeah. I, yeah. He, uh, he's such a, he of course has all this institutional knowledge and this, like just all this wisdom. Wisdom. He can can just walk into a room and just see what's happening. Like crystal blue. (laughs) 
and he can also talk to the nurses, you know, about like, you know, like I remember there was this time where we had a patient who was so sick. Um, and you know, I think at the time they were full code, meaning like we would do, you know, CPR or whatever. And, um, Mark was just like, we're not coding this guy. No, we're not coding this guy. We're not. Um, and they weren't DNR yet, you know, but in, and sure enough, within like, I don't know, five minutes later, just called him back. And I, and it, I just went straight to Dr. Tendelli, you know, because, and by the way, Mark is Dr. Mark Tendelli. I just went straight to him because like, I didn't want to do the runaround of like, Okay, no, we actually, he's still full code. And then we have to press the code light. And then like. um, And then everyone runs in. (laughs) Right. And then everyone wants to do, you know, CPR. And because they're not DNR yet, you know, like we don't want to just code somebody to code somebody. Right. Like morally and ethically, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. If we know that that can't, like, if that's not going to fix them, it's not going to make them live. You know, and we know what these, how tragic these codes can be, right? And traumatic and like, no, let's just like, in in the episode that he was on, he was like, um, you know, we can just say like, we're not going to do that. We as physicians can just say like, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Maybe you as nurses feel like you have to do it because you, you, you ordered, you know, that's what you're obligated to do. But like call, call the, call the doctor and have a conversation. You know, I'm sort of going in circles here, but what I'm trying to say is like, he's feels like they don't always have to do what the patient wants or the family Mm -hmm. wants because that's what they want. Want Like we have an obligation to do the right thing. It's medically inappropriate. Yeah. Right. It's not appropriate to do those things. And I think what you touched on so beautifully right there is that these ethical dilemmas are what lead to burnout. Yes. And when we're talking about your podcast, when we're talking about unwound retreats, when we're talking about all this wellness, that to me is like one of the hugest pieces in burnout to me Mm -hmm. at the bedside. Yeah. You, you have a sense of moral distress. You know, I was thinking about, happiness at work. I'm actually taking the course right now through the greater good science center out of UC Berkeley. It's called happiness at work. It's a certification course anyway. And I was trying to think about like, why have we struggled these last two years? Like, what is it? And I feel like I feel happy when I can do my job. Well, I have the things that I can do. Like I have the staff, I have the resources I'm able to provide the best care to my patients. Like that makes me feel fucking good. But what is hard is that we haven't been able to do that. Right. For a lot of us day after day, after day, after day, we're sometimes we can provide that care, but like we haven't been able to provide the best care. Um, and you know, that leads to moral distress and, and that, you know, leads me to this place of like, sometimes 
it's been hard to go to work because I don't feel like I can do the job I want to do. (sighs) Yeah. And I, 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 uh, there's so many things in that because we are, you know, I I was actually at a talk the other day um, and with one of my students and I was saying, you know, in this job, you're a human taking care of another human who is suffering. You have to remember that. So when you look at the context of illness and we are caring for people critically ill who are suffering, how does that, it's a very uh, dramatic (laughs) situation, you know? And, And like you said, being happy around that or like getting, feeling like you're doing the best job. It, it's almost impossible sometimes. Oh yeah. You're absolutely right. Because there's so much we can't control. And like There's so said, much. And like, even you were saying the other day, we were talking as friends and you had, or no, I was actually listening to the podcast with you and Marie and oh, uh, yeah. Sherry. And you shared the story about that code mm-hmm. and like, you can't, that's going to happen. That person was going to die, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and we are in this short time period of entering these people's lives mm-hmm. that are going to not be there anymore. Mm-hmm. And so how do you though, have these like boundaries of yourself, mm-hmm. like caring for yourself and knowing that you're not responsible for that life and death, mm-hmm. but also not being so detached that you don't give a fuck. Right. Like that, that is like, that's that's what we do. Right. That is so weird. And then when you do it well, I mean, I feel like when you do it well, that's where, gosh, that guy, I don't know, last week, Paul Benz, he said, he's like, well, whatever I'm doing, I don't have nightmares, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm able to process this stuff and, and he doesn't lose sleep at night, you know? even though he's, you know, as chaplains are like in these codes and they see all this traumatic stuff and, you know, they sit with the death and, you know, the, the, the dying. And, um, anyway, there's a car (laughs) alarm beeping outside my, Oh, I can't hear it. You can't hear it. Um, you know, though it gets me to this point when you and I were talking and you, I asked you, Cause I was having like a existential crisis. Cause I think that's what we're doing at this point in our career. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. I've got two more things. Cause I know we were like having this great conversation. Okay. I want to ask you because for the last 20 years, nurses have been the most trusted profession by the Gallup poll over and over again. Over and, over and again. when we were talking in COVID, you were like, Des, I don't know if that's going to happen ever again. That's right. Why? Oh, I was in a dark place because, you know, that was, that was when everybody, not everybody, there was a, there was a certain viewpoint of civilians, um, or whatever, I'm a civilian, but like certain group of people who didn't believe what nurses and doctors were saying about COVID. And there was this base anyway, and there, there was a lot of I was believing at the time that there was a lot of distrust in hospital staff and doctors falsifying numbers and COVID cases. And then there's also this idea that COVID didn't exist. Um, And so I was worried that 
maybe that would affect that we weren't the most trusted profession. Um, and I, I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. And I think that that's really only a small subset of people, you know? So it was just getting those folks were just getting a lot of media attention. Right. Right. And I'll tell you, I think that, you know, conspiracy exists, but in the hospital, it crumbles. Absolutely. And I actually had a patient who believed, we actually think he had Delta because he had, this was just last month because he had never, he like didn't leave his apartment um, and like had everything delivered and got COVID, but we think it might've been Delta because he just didn't go out. Mm. Um, and he was extremely adamant that he did not have COVID. And so finally, after two weeks of admission, we go, do you want to go home? And he's like, no, I have COVID. (laughs) (laughs) So we threatened him and he was, he got scared. And I think that's the truth. I think people talk this game and, you know, but then when they come in, like all the narrowing of and like their life is in this tunnel and they're like, oh, my God, I am really sick. And he was. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we I think we still can maintain that trust because we are in those moments when all that scaffolding just falls apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if patients, you know, looked around, we, we still have COVID patients, you know. Like they're there, they're there. Like, why, yeah. why is that person getting all dressed up for? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we have all these these people who are behind glass. Like, you know, they're in their in their isolation rooms. Their patients are unfortunately in there, like a in the in a fishbowl. Well, that Which, was my yeah. I wanted to ask you that question, and then just the final kind of um, moment here. We were talking last week, and. Um, you were giving me some really great advice I needed at the time. And you said this thing to me and I I would love for you to talk maybe to your listeners about it. You said, does we have one life, one life. And you said, you gotta just live it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I've been spending a lot of time there thinking about this in this space of, um, we, as far as we know, we have one life. We are Mm -hmm. one birth one life, one death. I hope something happens after you die. I believe something does, but this is all we know right now. Like, like we're just, Oh God, someone was saying this thing, like the, the, the trick or like the thought is like, try to be in the eternal now. Right. Like, Mm. like, cause really the, the future doesn't exist. Yesterday's done. It's this, we're just here like this. Now I'm not going to forget this conversation ever because I'm like very attuned to like, this is our now, this moment is our now. And, and we have, and we see this all the time does where fucked up shit happens and then you die and then there it goes. And then like your chance is gone, you know, like, and there's, you know, we just don't have any idea when will be our last breath. Like, so it could be tomorrow. You know, somebody could be in an accident. Like, 
or, you know, who know, who knows? Russia could decide to invade us. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like, just think about, I mean, and I don't want to, I don't, I'm not trying to take advantage of like what's happening over in Ukraine to just pinpoint on, I, what I'm trying to say is like, well, I'll just back up. What's happening over in Ukraine, I hope it's not getting lost on people, right? Like, your lives could be up, you know, upheaved, upheaved. What is the word I'm trying to say? Upheaval. Upheaval, yes. <laughs> yeah. There, your lives could be upheavaled. That's not right, is it? Anyway, your lives could be <laughs> turned upside, upside down. down. And you will not, I mean... We, we, you have no control over that. And we like to think we have control over so much. Right. But yeah. like, anyway, if you want to do something, do it. If you need to tell somebody something, tell them. If you want to quit your job, quit your job, you know, or if you want to try a new hobby, try a new hobby. If you want to go on a trip by yourself, go on that trip. If you want to write a book, write that book, it, you know, just start you know, if there, if there's something burning inside of you that you want to do, do it. You owe yourself that you owe your, owe it to yourself. Yes. Wow. Mic drop. Nicole J found down podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you owe it to yourself and you owe it to yourself to go on this retreat with us. I don't, oh, yeah. I've been watching your emails. Like people are booking Nicole. What are you going to yeah. tell them right now? Can they pay a deposit? What's the deal? Yeah. So first of all, just go over to unrunretreats.com. Check out the events actually that are coming up. So I, I have, we actually have a yoga and happy hour night coming up on April 15th in Seattle um, from six to eight. That's actually at my house in this lovely space. Um, and it maxes 10 people. So people are signing up for that right now. Um, you want to eat, if you want to sign up, email me, Nicole at unwoundretreats.com. You, if you want to go to Morocco or you want to go to Sayulita, Mexico, you can email me again, Nicole at unwoundretreats.com um, for more information and send me a deposit. I think I think they're going to sell out. So if you're interested in getting a spot, like email me and get on the list and make it happen. We'll make it happen. I want to say a thing about Des. I mean, Des and I are co-leading the Mexico one. She's doing the yoga program. She's a certified yoga instructor, uh, not to mention just a badass bitch. And also, um, where'd you go, Des? Oh, there you are. <laughs> and then Des also has her own business. She is uh, uh, partnered at um, Seattle Beauty uh, for uh, a Medi Spa. Yeah, we have these great trips coming up. If you want to go, email me, Nicole, at unwindretreats.com. Again, you know, there'll be a lot of, I like to make them self care kind of heavy, but you can do and not do what you want. You know, you're like, eh, I don't want to do it. That's fine. Oh, yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, I'm that way. Like, I'm an extrovert, but I'm also an introvert. And I think your trips are, like, perfectly guided for that because there isn't any – there's an itinerary if you want to join. There's by no means, like, you have to participate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, just so you know, everyone has to be vaccinated. And um, so 
because I believe in, in science and I want to support that. <laughs> I love that because I believe in science. <laughs> You're the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can I just say a couple things really quickly? Yeah. One of my favorite episodes that I did was with Susan Collins, Trauma Season. I feel like that was like episode three, maybe, or two. I don't know. She's such, she's so funny. And that's just a really fun episode. That's from season one, if you guys want to listen to it. She's hysterical. She's absolutely hysterical. Susan Collins, go check and out. And humor. Humor is self-care. Yeah. Yes. I love to laugh, man. I love, love it. I love it. There's some <laughs> life presents some really odd things sometimes. And so it's good to laugh, you know, laughter like is a way of letting it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Anything else? What's coming up? You've got somebody coming up on the show, a chaplain. Oh yeah. Oh, that came out last week. Oh, sorry. I was No, it's at fine. You. Coming up, um, oh boy, this is this is exciting. Today, I'm interviewing the ICU nurse, Al Sario. Do you follow him on Instagram? No, I'm gonna look it up right now. At the ICU nurse, he's funny. He's funny. He's dark. He's dark. I think he's got some dark humor happening. Um, so that should be a really fun show. So yeah. Um, oh, you know, I'm gonna get my ass act together on this merch thing. I don't know. Do you guys want merch? Like I, I need I can, a new hat. I okay. need some stuff. Do you need, you need some, um, like a found out patch you want to put on your sweatshirt that you wear at work or I don't know. Yeah. I need it on my badge. Maybe. Ooh. Ooh. You need a pin. Called found I need down. a pin. Mark Tonelli wore his fucking found down hat at work. And I nearly died. <laughs> That's so cool. It was so Aww. cool. I was like, dude, dude. You dude. know what, guys? You should take a picture of yourself in a found down hat if you have one and send it to Nicole and she'll post it. Oh, my God. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. I just idea. made you do it. Yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> um, well, there's like all, all the guests have had one. I've gotten a hat and some other people too. So, oh, you know what? Can I ask my listeners to do something for me? Please. Okay. So if, um, if you haven't, could you please rate review and subscribe to found down? Um, because all the ratings and reviews, they really help found down, go up the ranks, be more visible, help people listen to the show. And really this is a podcast for healthcare providers. Like this is I mean, mostly nurses because I talk to nurses. I am a nurse, but, um, this is a podcast for healthcare providers. All the people that listen, you guys tell me all the time, like how meaningful this is, how great it is. Like I'm humbled to be able to do this. Um, for you and to hold, hold a space for us. Um, so if you rate and review, like it helps other people see the podcast, it helps it grow. I do have an Instagram at found podcast, um, that I post something about every episode. I'm trying to get better at social media. I am. Oh, speaking of does let's take a picture. Okay. Okay. Let's see if I can do it. Okay. One, two, three. Did I do it? Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm trying to get better at social media. 
Maybe I'll hire somebody to help me out. I don't know. Um, I hired someone to change my life. <gasps> Are you did? Okay, we're going to talk after this. Um, I do have a sponsor for the show. It does help cover the costs of this show. Um, but you know, there's also, if you want to support Found Down, there's a donation link on founddownpodcast.com. You know, you can always send a donation in. So if you really like the show, it's it's free. But if you want to support me, you can email me and um, or send a donation um, over. So anyway, I appreciate having this platform. I am revitalized by it, being able to have these conversations with people. Des, any closing? You you any closing thoughts? What? Oh God, okay. you're supposed to say that. No, no. You're, I want to know your thoughts. <laughs> um, I just want to say, I think you're doing awesome. This is an amazing platform. I've benefited from it. You continue to change lives with this platform and you are lifting the mother hump and veil. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please rate, review, and follow Nicole. Um, and tell other people about this. And if you have any interest, how do they reach out to you? Like, what if they're like, Nicole, I want to talk about something. Are you open to that? They DM you. Yeah, totally. You're like, I want to okay. like, how did you start a podcast? Sure. I'll talk about that. You know, how did you get yeah. set on like what, how you wanted to start new, your business? Sure. I'll talk about that. Whatever it is. Yeah. I'm open. I want to help nurses, you know? Um, awesome. I reached out to a nurse mentor, nurse mentor, and she gave me the time of day and that made a huge difference for me. So I need to give back. Yeah. We're here to help each other. Right? Yeah. Yes. And, um, go check out Dez's, um, inst- her cut. I'm, I'm going to have to cut beauty. this part. Medispa. Check Come out Dez's Medispa. <laughs> anyway, you know what you have to say? We'll try it again. Tell it, be safe, you, be safe. And we'll see you on the next one. Close. Stay safe. Stay sane. We'll see you on the next one. You ready? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. One, two, three. Stay, stay safe, safe and stay, stay sane. sane. And we'll see you on the next one. Woo! <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave an honest review on whatever platform you are listening. Also, feel free to share this with your nursing colleagues. If you'd like to email me, you can do so at founddownpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in any stories. Just make sure they're HIPAA compliant. Also, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at founddownpodcast. We'll see you on the next one.